1: I'm here to help unravel matters as the insanity swirls and unravel, I shall. What happened to Amorosa, by the way? What happened to John Brennan and his security clearance? You see how quickly the media jumped from one supposed scandal to the next? They grab one, then the other, hoping somehow, some way that one of them will bring down this president. So now we're focused on the Michael Cohen matter. An impeachment. What was once considered the nutty rantings and ravings of a nut job by the name of Maxine Waters has now gone mainstream in the media. They want the president impeached. They've always wanted him impeached. If they could, they'd have him hanging from a telephone pole by his foot as we've discussed before. But, that's not in the cards. Now we have this breaking story that some guy named Weisselberg, I mean Weiselberg—who who was the CFO of Trump Foundation and Trump Organization and whatever, that now he has uh, been granted immunity, like the head of the National Enquirer, Pecker, has been granted immunity to, among other things, confirm what Michael Cohen has said about the President of the United States making payments or ordering payments on these non-disclosure agreements before he was President. As a legal matter, listen to me, as a legal matter, it's of zero consequence. Because in the end, The Department of Justice acknowledges, as does the special counsel, that a sitting president cannot be indicted. So that's relevant, isn't it? So as a legal matter, it's irrelevant. So what's going on here? We discussed it yesterday. What these prosecutors have decided, Mr. Mueller, and what's his face, the deputy U.S. attorney, in the Southern District of New York. You know why the deputy U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York is uh, in charge of these cases? Because the U.S. attorney has recused himself. My point to you was that Donald Trump is now the only citizen in the United States who can't defend himself. Now you might say, well, then he should allow that a president can be indicted. He has to defend the office of the presidency and the Constitution. So for him, it's not about him personally. But for the prosecutors, it is about him personally. And this is how they think very cleverly that they're boxing him in. And so when I hear supposedly smart people on TV and radio with law degrees, some of them are professors, some of them were professors, some of them were prosecutors, some of them were defense counsel, some of them were lobbyists, some of them were nobodies go on and on about the niceties of the campaign laws of which they know nothing. It really is frustrating. Because what's happened here is diabolical and evil. Mr. Muller concedes the president can't be indicted. Southern District of New York must take the same position. Ultimately, they report to the United States Department of Justice. And so they are they're piling on and they're not piling on through actual trials in the case of the Southern District of New York see the trial that took place with Manafort has absolutely nothing to do with the President of the United States but if they had taken Cohen to trial and tried this argument that the President of the United States in making these payments knowingly or later knowingly is guilty of these campaign violations they'd have to prove it they would have to demonstrate that these, that these are in fact campaign violations, that in fact the law is as the prosecutor says. But the Southern District of New York is filled with cowards, bullies, but in the end cowards. Because they wanted to deal with Michael Cohen, and Michael Cohen wanted to deal with them. Because Michael Cohen didn't want to go to prison for 30 years. Three to five, that's all right. And there's some reports that say that his wife would have gotten caught up in this and he didn't want his wife to go to prison. Fair enough. You're the prosecutor. You're sitting across the table by a gentleman by the name of Lanny Davis. You know, he hates Trump. And so you press Cohen. Okay, five tax frauds, one bank fraud two campaign frauds and a partridge in a pear tree. You take it, we'll give you three to five. I'll grab it. Yeah, take it, take it. And so his plea agreement, which has no precedential value whatsoever, it's not an adjudication, it's not a determination by any court, then is used, what? For the media. The media say what? See that? He must be an unindicted co-conspirator. If Cohen's guilty... Trump must be guilty. Of what? Of campaign violate. But he didn't violate the campaign. Yeah, but but Cohen and the prosecutors said they did. Who cares? Next up, the head of the National Enquirer and that, that business empire. We heard yesterday he was granted immunity. Immunity for what? Well, he testified in front of the grand jury. About what? We don't know. They don't tell us, but they know he testified. So the leaks are coming up. Well, there he is, or at least the thinking is, he confirms what Cohen said, that Trump made these payments. Well, so what? The payments are perfectly legal. Well, No, 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 you don't understand. Trump says that he didn't direct these payments to be made, that Cohen made the payments, and later he made the payments, and he violated the the limits on personal contributions, and he violated the the, uh, exclusion of corporate contributions. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who says any of that occurred? Trump Trump didn't make a corporate contribution to his campaign. His company in part, his organization in part, apparently paid one of the women for a nondisclosure agreement. And then he paid out of his pocket for another nondisclosure agreement. What does that have to do with campaign finance laws? Well, you see, the way we interpret it is it influenced the election because he was trying to get rid of a negative story to make it a positive. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what the law says. That's not what the law is. Well, prosecutor says it is, and Michael Cohen pled guilty to it. Must be the law. Now we have this guy Weiselberg, a.k.a. Weaselberg, Been with the Trump Organization and the Trump Foundation, I suppose, for decades. Chief Financial Officer. Prosecution says now, at least one of the payments Trump made came out of his organization. Let's get a hold of this Chief Financial Officer, Weisselberg. Let's shake him down. Let's threaten him. And then we'll offer immunity if he testifies against Trump. What do you mean testifies against Trump? Well, what would mean is... That he, too, can say that a payment came out of the Trump Organization, and, of course, it's our position that that payment was illegal, an illegal corporate contribution to a campaign. But it wasn't a contribution to a campaign. It was a payment for a nondisclosure agreement involving a matter that occurred prior to the campaign. Well, that's not how we interpret it. You can interpret it any way you want. You haven't had it adjudicated. I know of nobody in the country who's been convicted of such a charge. No adjudication, no trial, just assertions and a plea agreement and two immunity agreements. So they're piling up. They're piling up these, what will be allegations against the President of the United States, even though they know they will never be adjudicated, as applies to him. Never. Never. which is why this is such a disgusting outrage. He can't defend himself, the president, in a court of law, and he shouldn't because he's trying to protect the office of the presidency and the Constitution. Our presidents will be in court all the time on criminal matters. You see, the Bill Clinton matter was a civil case. There was a criminal element to it because in the course of the civil case, he lied to a federal judge. That's not this case. Everything we're talking about occurred prior to the time Donald Trump was president of the United States now Mr. Mueller will put his report together he will include what's going on in the southern district or he won't the Democrats will pick it up if they take the House of Representatives and run with it anyway And a mere plea agreement and two immunities they will claim our evidence of the president's Violation of the campaign laws even though there's been no trial and no adjudication and there can't be as applies to him. That's how devious and evil this is. But it gets worse. See I could sit here and, you know six or one half a dozen of the no I'm telling you what's going on. How is it worse? The Southern District of New York as now open the back door to investigating the Trump organization and the Trump Foundation. See how this works? You break down Cohen on campaign charges, among other things. You get the head of the National Enquirer to support Cohen's position. Otherwise, he's threatened with jail time. Then, because a payment that's perfectly legal came out of the Trump organization, because after all, Trump does own the Trump organization, but it's a corporation, comes out of the Trump organization, the prosecutor claims that it's a violation of federal law, they threaten the CFO, he gets immunity, he complies with the prosecution, and now they get a hold of the Trump organization. Now they get a hold of the Trump Organization. This all started by Mr. Mueller, who threw the case to his colleagues, who he knows well, in the Southern District of New York, because he knew that under the Appointments Clause of the Constitution, which I brought up multiple times on this microphone, if he goes so wide, then the President will be able, and others will be able, to make a a serious and legitimate case all the way to the Supreme Court That everything Mueller has done is null and void. So he throws it to the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District in New York, in Manhattan, who does his dirty work for him. Ultimately, to get into the Trump organization. Everybody's missing this. I'm explaining it to you. This is a huge miscarriage of justice, it's incredible abuse of power by these prosecutors. They're politicizing these investigations. Mr. Mueller has closed his eyes to what the Clinton campaign and the DNC did, what the, about the Russian dossier and all the rest of the list that's repeated ad nauseum. He hasn't even attempted to expand his investigation to include any of that. He hasn't even requested, apparently, to expand his investigation to include any of that. What this week's, this week's activities demonstrate out of the Southern District of New York is that this was always a Soviet-style prosecution. Always. Now, I know that offends some of my faint-of-heart conservatives who desperately want to be patted on the head and write columns for the New York Times or have columns written about them. Well, screw them. This is the time to be serious people. Serious people. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ken Meyer, a.k.a. Flounder, if you look at his photo, he does little snippets. For a media. All the writers there do little snippets. Basically, Mediate is a site that uh, that hawks mostly cable TV, puts clips up, and then puts a liberal twist on them. Not all of them, but most of them. The overwhelming number of them do. It's get Trump. Anybody who supports Trump is an idiot. You know, stuff like that. You can check it out. So there's a CNN legal analyst by the name of Renato Mariotti. Renato Mariotti. And he was on Twitter. Media tells us flounder reports. And we're supposed to be very, very impressed because you see, CNN's legal analyst Renato Mariotti, he knows everything and he's telling us what to worry about. Today the Wall Street Journal reported that Trump organization CFO Alan Weisselberg received immunity from federal prosecutors who investigated Michael Cohen. He says, uh, Off the bat, this tells us that Weisselberg had criminal liability. People who don't have criminal exposure don't need immunity. Now, that doesn't mean he had criminal liability. This guy's a legal analyst. It means he could have been threatened with criminal liability. He hasn't been uh, found to have committed any crimes. He got immunity. Let's continue. People who don't have criminal... Exposure don't need immunity. No, people who are threatened by prosecutors do need immunity. According to the Wall Street Journal, Weiselberg received immunity and testified before the Manhattan Grand jury, uh, jury earlier this year. The decision about when to give a witness immunity versus forcing them to plead guilty and get a deal to flip is a complicated one. If prosecutors didn't have enough evidence to charge Weiselberg and couldn't make their case without him, immunity was their only option. No, that wasn't their only option. Dropping the matter was another option, so at least he confesses it must have been very, very weak because they gave him immunity they didn 't force him to plead to some crimes. There can be no question that Weiselberg provided viable testimony to prosecutors well there 's no doubt about that; apparently, they got him to sing you know and dance and do whatever they needed him to do. Prosecutors don 't give immunity blindly; they would have required Weiselberg 's attorney. To tell them what Weiselberg would say if he testified before they gave him immunity. Prosecutors wouldn't have given him immunity if the information provided by Weiselberg was not valuable. Or if the information provided by Weiselberg was useful. Useful to the prosecution, not necessarily criminal. I want to continue with this because over at Mediaite they think this is fantastic. And this guy really is a typical dummy. I'll be right back.
0: This is the show the New York Times is afraid of. Mark Levin. Call him now
1: at 877-381-3811. Let's continue with the CNN analyst. Prosecutors would have given him immunity that is, uh, the CFO of Trump operations, if the information provided was not valuable. So what did Weisselberg provide? It appears that he was asked about, for example, according to Weisselberg, he did not know that the retainer agreement with Cohen was meant to repay Cohen for money Cohen personally paid to Stormy Daniels. This suggests the payment was falsely described in Trump Organization financial records. See, where, see what I mean? Um, And it doesn't suggest anything. In addition to any campaign finance violations Weisselberg may have been involved in, the creation of false financial uh, cuts off. All right, I have to go on to cuts off. In addition, the New York Attorney General is investigating whether there were false entries in the Trump Organization financial records. Wieselberg's testimony could be helpful in that investigation. In my view, his value to prosecutors is that he knows how the company runs. So now, with this phony, phony campaign violations argument, now they're investigating the Trump organization. This is really the headline today. Not all the rest of the crap you're reading. This is the headline today. They finally figured out how to break through the back door by going after the president's personal lawyer, by gathering all the information he has, claiming crime fraud exception. The guy apparently was a crook with these taxi medallions and tax fraud and so forth. So they swing in these campaign issues, swinging in these campaign issues. They've decided what a campaign violation is without adjudication, without a trial. Because they know uh, Mr. Cohen, or rather Mr. Cohen buckled, and they know the President of the United States uh, that that can't occur. And so we're on the slippery slope. That would be invaluable testimony to show that Trump was aware of the payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. If Trump paid so much attention to each payment made by the Trump Organization, how could he have missed these large cash payments? Why does it matter? if they're not campaign contributions. That's the fundamental point. And that brings us to perhaps the key question that is on everyone's mind. Who is Weisselberg cooperating against? To be clear, Weisselberg likely has agreed to provide full cooperation to any Department of Justice component, including Mueller, in exchange for immunity. But Mueller passed this along, so Mueller wouldn't have anything to do with it. But at the time Weisselberg received immunity, prosecutors believed his testimony would be valuable because it would help them charge one or more people. So, who did they think he would help them charge? Given the timing, it could have just been Cohen. Now, this is the CNN legal analyst. You can't charge the President of the United States. Clearly, Weiselberg's testimony helped the case against Cohen, but that doesn't mean he hasn't or won't implicate others. And he has to cooperate with the prosecutors going forward. Time will tell whether Weiselberg provides testimony against Trump and others. Then what's interesting here is a guy by the name of George Conway jumps in. And they're very fascinated over at Mediate with George Conway. He's the husband of Kellyanne Conway. And Conway says it means that individual one needs a real lawyer. Now I know of George Conway. I think I may have met him once or twice. He's Kellyanne Conway's husband. I've been quiet about this. But what the hell kind of husband is constantly making public statements that humiliate his wife? Or make his wife's job harder? This is a separate issue. This is a footnote. But since he keeps open his big fat mouth, I have a question for you, the American people. What kind of husband continues to tweet and tweet and tweet and trashes his wife's boss and then his wife has to answer for it? Does that sound weird? Now, just a friendly piece of advice, Mr. Conway, if you don't think highly of your wife like millions and millions of us do, that should be a family matter. You shouldn't do it through your little tweets. And it's obvious to everybody what you're doing. You may actually have these opinions, but do you have no respect for your wife and your family? Just my opinion, since he's out there, I guess I can comment on it. Everybody comments on everything about me, about Donald Trump, about all kinds of public figures. But it's very bizarre, don't you think? Don't you think, Mr. Producer? It's kind of messed up. Yeah, screwy. And he doesn't seem to give a damn. I mean, you do have children, pal. You really ought to be a little bit more protective of your wife and your family and your children, in my humble opinion. So if you're going to tweet about all this stuff, we can talk about you, too keep it up. I could care less. It's of no consequence to me or the country. But since you're out there and you're in everybody's face, it just seems rather bizarre to me. So here we have it. Uh, CNN legal analyst Renato Mariotti uh, has it all figured out Uh, and really underscores my point unwittingly that this is really about Getting into the Trump organization. It's really about making sure, in fact, that Cohen does not get tried, that you cut your deal so you can wave around these so called two campaign violations and keep using them and using them and using them to push and push and push. These are supposed to be prosecutors. They're supposed to be prosecutors. They are everywhere the trump organization the trump foundation campaign finance laws they claim the manhattan madam all over the place the one place they're not is russia collusion that that now we're told forget about that that was that was that was a pretext forget about russia collusion the russia with trump and the trump campaign oh yeah Uh, Mueller will throw a few lines in there about the meeting that Donald Jr. had and so forth and so on they have nothing nothing they couldn't from an institutional basis from the get go because it was a counterintelligence investigation or rather matter not a criminal matter and they tried to criminalize it let me add one other point I know this seems overwhelming but we have to deal with it Jeff Sessions and his recusal you know, I went back and really looked at this. Really, really looked at this. And why he recused himself. And at the time, I said he should have recused himself. I was wrong. I went back and I looked at this. Why did he recuse himself? Because he testified under oath during his confirmation hearing that he had, he couldn't remember any meetings or any conversations or anything of the sort with any Russian official. Turns out. In his Senate office, he had met with the ambassador from Russia. Turns out, he later remembered that at the Republican National Convention, he'd bumped into the same guy, and in passing, they had a very uh, non-substantive, very short, basically, hello, goodbye. Maybe there was one other occasion. Al Franken pounded away, pounded away, pounded away, as did the media, that Jeff Sessions lied under oath, that Jeff Sessions really can't handle anything related to the campaign or, or Russia, that he was an early supporter of Trump's, that he campaigned for Trump, therefore he can't be nonpartisan and objective about any investigation. So he recused himself. That is a really thin reed to crawl out on. That he worked in the Trump campaign? You have U.S. attorneys who worked in the Trump campaign. You have assistant special counsel who worked in the Hillary Clinton campaign, who gave her money, who gave Obama money. You have the number two. The number two official in that operation, the lieutenant to Mueller, Weissman, who was at the Hillary Clinton victory party. Unfortunately for him, there was no victory. They don't recuse themselves. They don't step aside. As a matter of fact, Mueller went out of his way to hire these partisans. But Jeff Sessions recuses himself. Why? Why? I'm sorry, he had no ethical duty to do that. He had no ethical duty to do that. He wasn't involved in any specific activity that would warrant recusal. He was involved in the campaign. He had no association with Russians. So he copped out. I'm sure that's why the president is furious. And then you have the deputy attorney general... Who recommends that Comey be fired Comey's fired and the Comey firing triggers the same deputy attorney general to appoint a special counsel this is why the president's upset this isn't a matter of you know we conservatives uh, we, need, we need to uh, play by the rules and the rule of law we are playing by the rules and the rule of law and Jeff Sessions should step aside He shouldn't force the president to do anything after the election, before the election. What he did was wrong. If you take a really sober look at it, look back at it and analyze it, what he did was cowardly. What Rosenstein did in appointing Mueller was cowardly. And now the president of the United States has all this on his hands, this disastrous mess. Justice has gotten away from the Department of Justice. You have Mueller who has a personal vendetta against Trump for firing his buddy. And now you can see that based on how he's conducting his investigation, how he's closed his eyes to the other side of the aisle completely and utterly. You have the Southern District in New York where the U.S. attorney there has recused himself. And they're very angry with Trump because the former head of that office, the U.S. attorney, prosecuted Dinesh D'Souza on a nothing-burder campaign violation sound familiar for which D'Souza did 20 months in federal prison Obama never did any time in federal prison they took foreign money Hillary Clinton never did any time in federal prison she violated the Espionage Act so these same people when Donald Trump gave a full and complete pardon to Nadesh D'Souza they're furious with him they want a piece of him these are things that need to be brought up. They're tyrannical. And so now you have prosecutors in these offices playing politics, partisan politics. And they can manipulate the system the way the Southern District of New York has manipulated the system with Cohen and these campaign charges to get into the back door of the Trump organization. What next? The Trump tax returns, which has been the demand of the media and the Democrats from day one. This is an attack on the republic. It is almost impossible for a president of the United States to fully focus on his responsibilities, for which he has taken an oath. They're trying to cripple him, burden him, sabotage him. This is our republic. There was a fair and square election. He won the presidency. They are furious with the fact that he won the presidency. But they don't get to turn this into the old Soviet Union. And that's what they're doing. And the media not only don't sit back, the media are participating in it. Because ideologically, and they know I'm right. Tapper knows I'm right. He was raised as a leftist. Don Lemon knows I'm right. Although he's too stupid to know, actually. They all know I'm right. That they are driven by ideology. They don't like Trump, and they want him removed. Which is why the media keeps pushing impeachment, 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 more than the Democratic leaders in the House and the Senate, quite frankly. I'll be right back. love, in. You know what I'm sitting in? My X chair. 99% of all office chairs are one size fits all. And as a result, your chair is not properly suited to your particular body size, your shape, and your comfort level. That's why you need the X chair. X chair's patented DVL, that's dynamic variable lumber support, offers unparalleled support and comfort for your lower back. And God knows I needed it. You will feel the difference the moment you sit down. The DVL fits your back like a glove and moves with you throughout the day. You have to feel it to believe it. Proper support and good posture mean better concentration, increased productivity, and a higher quality output than you ever dreamed possible. And more than anything else, it means comfort. If you're a business owner, I strongly recommend giving X-chairs to your entire staff, Just wait until you see how much your employees appreciate them and how productive they become. And by the way, this X chair is taking off now because you, my beloved audience, you're trying it and you're loving it. And it's a smart investment. Over 96% of people who buy an X chair, sight unseen, absolutely fall in love with it. Over 96%. If that doesn't tell you that there's something special about this chair, then nothing will. Feel the X chair difference for yourself. With their 30 day risk free in home trial. And here's a special deal just for you, my listeners. Go to xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. Go right now. You'll get $100 off. That's xchairlevin.com. Or you can call their toll free number 1 844 4 xchair 1 844 4 X Chair now. X Chair comes with that 30-day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So go to xchairlevin.com and by the way, if you use the code Levin Footrest, Levin Footrest, you'll get a free foot too. That's xchairlevin.com. Free foot with Levin Foot or call them 4 X Chair. A lot of you've gotten that X Chair. We're getting a lot of feedback that you really love it. That's a good thing. So now a former general counsel of the FEC, who is a leftist, in my humble opinion, he's out there, of course, and he's saying, well, of course these were crimes. I mean, quote, what he admitted to that is is, Cohen—is a crime, it's a violation of law, and he pled to a criminal violation of law, therefore it's a crime. He pled to a crime. What a knucklehead. Usually there's no allegation that it's knowing and willful. Because a lot of these matters are handled really as civil matters. Because campaigns always violate laws. But once you cross over to knowing and willful, they can be criminal. Really? Name one. Name one case like this that was criminal. And so you have a lot of these cases. Obama's campaign was fined $375,000 by the FEC. One of the largest fines leveled against a presidential campaign ever for missing reporting deadlines on $1.8 million in contributions. But there were no criminal charges there. And what does this former general counsel liberal say? What did he tell CNN? There's no comparison. There's no presidential campaign that I'm aware of that hasn't had campaign finance violations. A lot of money flows through them and they almost all have some violations. What is unusual is having a violation where it's been alleged that the candidate and now president was allegedly involved and personally directed the violation. Wow. Isn't that a compelling legal argument? A lot of money flows through campaigns and they almost all have some violations. Here's the real difference. No money flowed through the Trump campaign. It had nothing to do with direct campaign costs. No money flowed out of the Trump campaign. No campaign dollars were used of any kind. He entered into a non-disclosure agreement with two people. They received money out of his pocket Or out of his organization. There is no campaign issue. Period. I'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let me show you more. The Attorney General's office in New York now wants to investigate the Trump Organization. The Manhattan district attorney wants to investigate the Trump organization. You don't think this is coordinated? This is from The Hill. Prosecutors in Manhattan are reportedly considering pushing for criminal charges against the Trump organization and two top company officials over a hush money payment linked to former longtime Trump lawyer Michael Cohen. See where this is going? Local prosecutors, state prosecutors, federal prosecutors. The New York Times has reported that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office is considering charges over the company's accounting of Cohen's payment to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. uh, Porno. The official stressed the review of the matter is in its earliest stages and no decision has been made in personal charges. So. The different levels of prosecutors are working with each other. Now, the Manhattan D.A. is a left-wing Democrat. The Attorney General, uh, they're having a race, I believe, but in New York is a left-wing Democrat. Whatever happened to the Clinton Foundation? Remember all their failed and tax filings, how they concealed contributions? Does anybody remember a local, state, or federal criminal investigation into them? Of course not. And in the Hillary Clinton investigation, immunity was given to protect witnesses against Hillary Clinton. Remember? The Times reported that the state investigation, state, local, federal, would primarily focus on how the Trump organization reimbursed Cohen after he arranged the hush money payment of $130,000 to Daniel shortly before the 2016 election the inflammatory language hush money it is a non-disclosure agreement and what's interesting to me here is these women apparently violated these agreements and at least one of them threatened Trump you know it's called blackmail but nobody talks about it but me Cohen President Trump's former lawyer and fixer how come Lanny Davis isn't called a fixer his entire career he's had his head up either Bill or Hillary's butts And that's pretty big. And he's a fixer, a lobbyist. And he did another fixer job here with Cohen in order to try and get Trump. So look at how the media use line. This is Justin Wise, who is not, over at the Hill. So Cohen is a fixer. And, of course, Lanny Davis is a professional, a lawyer, a man of good standing. Anyway, Cohen, President Trump's former lawyer and fixer, pleaded guilty earlier this week to bank and tax fraud as well as campaign finance violations related to his payment to Daniels and a former Playboy model who alleged to have had affairs with Trump in 2006. And the Times reported that the Trump organization filed its reimbursement to Cohen for the Daniels payment as a legal expense. It is a legal expense. It's a non-disclosure agreement. Federal prosecutors have also claimed that the reimbursements came in the form of sham legal invoices. Cohen told a judge this week that the payment was made with the intent of buying Daniel's silence. Of course, that's what a national disclosure a a, a a non-disclosure agreement's about—buying somebody's silence. Many of you who do uh, who are employed and you have contracts, go ahead and check your non-disclosure section. Many of you who've left a job. Left government, whatever. You're forced to fire a non-disclosure agreement. If I could get this little patsy, this deputy, tough guy, U.S. attorney on my program, I'd ask him if his office has ever had nondisclosure agreements. Hush money, hush money. The Times noted that such charges would be potentially significant due to the fact that a possible probe would be run by the state of New York and Trump has no power to pardon people. Or corporate entities convicted of state crimes and that's true which is why they're doing it this is a political attack on the candidate on the office of the presidency and I want the district attorney of Manhattan I want the Attorney General of New York and I want the deputy United States Attorney to understand something you have now unleashed powers Powers that were only used by the likes of the old Soviet Union. You've now unleashed powers within our politics. We're Republican district attorneys. We're Republican attorneys general. We're Republican United States attorneys. We'll now target Democrat candidates and Democrat politicians, including Democrat presidents. You have just taken this to a level that you don't even comprehend And what you've done is you've damaged the Republic. The longtime chief financial officer of the Trump Organization receiving immunity from federal prosecutors could be a momentous turn of events for President Trump, according to biographer Tim O'Brien. What the hell does biographer Tim O'Brien know about anything? O'Brien, who penned the nonfiction Trump Nation in 2005, wrote in Bloomberg News on Friday that Alan Weaselberg's immunity in the investigation into former Trump attorney Michael Cohen could unearth a great deal about the president's past financial dealings. And that's the intent. If you're a wealthy person and a Republican and you win the presidency, Look what they do to you. Look what they've done. I hope you all have a good, strong feel for this because this is really, truly outrageous. It's an abomination. The piling up of these legal offices, these these prosecutors against a president. He didn't violate campaign laws. Even if he did, which he did not. These are civil matters, not typically criminal matters. But he didn't. He can pay for it out of his pocket. He can pay for it out of his organization. Oh, well, then we need to check that out. Say the Democrat prosecutor. Oh, now we need to really look. And did he account for it on his taxes? Now we need 25 years of his taxes. to tell. Oh, yeah, we got this one figured out. absolutely appalling the Manhattan District Attorney the New York Attorney General the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District that's furious with Trump for pardoning Dinesh D'Souza among other things working together and no doubt coordinating with Mueller now should Mueller, stay with me because we're, we're taking it all on. Should Mueller really overstep his bounds and subpoena the, United, the president of the United States for testimony, even though a president cannot be indicted, for the purpose of creating a crime in his firing of Comey and others? I think as a result of what the U.S. Attorney's Office has done in the Southern District, as a result of what's going on in the Attorney General's Office in New York, the District Attorney's Office in Manhattan, an extraordinarily strong case can now be made all the way to the Supreme Court about what's taking place in this country and how we have a local government, a state government, and now a U.S. Attorney's Office, not to mention a special counsel's office, making it virtually impossible for a president to focus fully and effectively on his job. And that these are in fact. These are in fact Lilliputians. Miscreants. Nobodies. We're trying to take down the president. In order to reverse the course of the election. If anybody. Was somehow deluded. To what's taking place here. Your eyes should now be wide open. I'll be right back.
2: Mark in
1: Now, you've heard this said before, but it's worth repeating. And I've said it before myself. Beria was Stalin's KGB chief. Beria, B-E-R-I-A. He was Stalin's KGB chief. And he said, infamously, show me the man, I'll find you the crime. This is where we are today, ladies and gentlemen. Show me the man, I'll find you the crime. There are all kinds of crimes out there. Hillary Clinton... But they protected her. The Clinton Foundation, I don't believe that's ever been subjected to a criminal investigation. But when you have the prosecutors on your side, let me just say this to the deputy U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York let it be heard wide, let the left spread this. Let's inform our fellow citizens of the tyranny that's afoot. Mr. Deputy U.S. Attorney, you remind me of Beria. Show me the man, I'll find you the crime. I watched you with your little hit job press conference. You are a cold dude. You are a cold dude. You like to watch people sweat, don't you? You like the torture of threatening people with prison. You like to break a strong man and watch him weep, don't you? You've spent decades doing that, haven't you? Oh, I'm sure you've, you've chased many a criminal. But how many innocent people have you threatened with the power of your office? Because you were lucky enough to be hired through our civil service system at the Southern District of New York at one point, And you've clawed your way nearly to the top the top of the civil service positions in the Southern District of New York. The political position is the U.S. attorney. The deputy U.S. attorney is not. And notice, by the way, Attorney General Sessions, the political position is the U.S. attorney. We don't just turn it over to bureaucrats. But what's taking place, the district attorney in Manhattan, bury you the attorney general in new york beria show me the man i'll find you the crime there's so many rules and laws tax provisions regulations and so forth and so on it's not hard but what you expect in these prosecutors is judgment and common sense and temperament and a sense that their power can be abused which is exactly what's taking place. They're excited. They're almost obsessed. They're, they're in a frenzy to see who f- first can get Trump and take him down. There are consequences, ladies and gentlemen, for this kind of rogue behavior. There are consequences for calling innocent behavior a crime. There are consequences for forcing men to plead to crimes that they didn't commit. For threatening men, and by men I mean men and women, for threatening men with possible criminal charges and giving them immunity in exchange for selling their souls. We need criminal justice reform, all right, I would tell my Republican friends and their Democrat colleagues, but we're looking at all the wrong places. The politicization of these offices in one direction cannot stand if this republic is to stand. Cannot stand if this republic is to stand. You know, you have people out there who are saying, look, you got to let the investigative process work or we're no better than them. But we are better than them. We have no problem with the investigative process working. Our problem is it's not working. Our problem is it's corrupt. We're watching with our own two eyes. We're listening with our own two ears. We see it. We hear it. It's corrupt. Just like the media are corrupt. They're ideological. They're partisan. They have winners and losers. And they know I'm right. But they'll pretend that I'm not. Unlike them, you know where I stand. Unlike them, you know my positions. Unlike them, you know my principles. I would never lower myself to pretend that I'm a journalist knowing I'm not. Like the rest of them do on CNN and MSNBC and a few here and there on our favorite cable channel. What is immoral is when the poison of this kind of corrupt... Mentality spreads throughout the land. People are talking a lot about morality when it comes to Trump and these two women. Well, let's talk about morality when it comes to Trump. Is what being is what is being done to Trump moral? Let alone constitutional. Of course not. What do you think the framers of our Constitution would think? If you had a local prosecutor, a state prosecutor... A federal prosecutor, and then some concoction called a special counsel, all investigating a president of the United States who hasn't committed any crimes. I told you yesterday impeachment applies to conduct of the president while he's in office. None of this has anything to do with the president of the United States while he's in office. I think the left is playing with fire, but they don't realize it. I think the media are playing with fire, but they don't realize it. They wrap themselves in the Constitution, which they despise. They claim that they're the truth tellers when they're liars. They're liars about who they are and what their networks are doing. I have tried many times to get the Deputy Attorney General of the United States on this program. And the press person for the Department of Justice, who says she was the press person when Ashcroft was president, too, in the Office of Public Affairs, says it's been the practice of the Department of Justice that these officials don't talk about cases that have been filed. Those cases speak for themselves. I don't want to talk about a case that's been filed. I want to talk about the appointment of Robert Mueller. I want to talk about all these things. He will not make himself available. How's that for a public official? He won't make himself available. Is there some ethical issue? There are no ethical issues. Is there some legal problem that he can't speak to me? There are no legal obstacles. He is a coward. He is a coward. He thinks he's above the law. And he will not talk to me because I've been critical of him. Some public official I'll be right back. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, standing up for your principles and applying them to events that are taking place. It doesn't mean that you're selling out. It doesn't even mean you're a partisan hack. No, it means you're doing the right thing. You're following your conscience. By the way, if you've been listening to the radio show lately, you've heard me talking about the free 30-day trial that we're offering on CRTV. We started out with only Levin TV, but we quickly realized that people wanted multiple programs, pretty much like Levin TV, but with different hosts and different personalities. So we created that more shows, more hosts, more ways to watch. And our fans were tired of the lies spouted by the liberal media, but they didn't have a good alternative. Now, our subscribers are like you they lead busy lives, they want to watch on their time, and they don't have time to waste. That's why we created CRTV. It's a network without ads, without censors, and most importantly, a network that's bringing you the stories you won't hear from the lib media. But if you're like me, you believe in the old adage from President Reagan, trust but verify. So we're giving everyone access to CRTV for 30 days absolutely free. Don't take our word for it. Try it for yourself. Give us a call at 844 levin tv And we'll have you set up in five minutes. Again, that's 844-LEVIN-TV. Plus, you never know how much longer I'm going to be doing that over at CRTV. A few more years for sure. So now's the time to jump in so you can watch Levin TV. It's not some 10 minutes or 5 minutes or a quick hit there, here and there. Be anywhere from 25 to 50 minutes of serious broadcasting. Lots of fun, too. So I hope you'll check us out. Again, you'll never know how much longer I'm going to do it. A few more years, yes. So now's the time to jump in, in my humble opinion. All right, now, I'm going to take some calls. You really need to step up and not the same. Why doesn't Trump fire this one? Why doesn't Trump fire We've been around the block 4,000 times on that. Charlie, San Jose, California, the great KSFO. Go.
3: Uh, Good afternoon, great one. Um, You know, Sessions, the Democrats at the time were demanding either he recuse himself or appoint a special prosecutor. Instead of recusing himself, he should have picked a special prosecutor who was decent and honest and just told him, go out and find Russian collusion, nothing else, limited scope. And this thing would have been over after three or four months.
1: Now, let's just slow down, Charlie, because you've raised a very smart point. You're saying, why did Sessions recuse himself? All he had to do is himself appoint a special counsel. Now, Sessions' response would be, yes, but that special counsel would report to me, ultimately. What do you say to that?
3: Oh, I would say, unless it had something directly to do with him, so what? Then if it had something to do with him, then he would recuse himself at that point. And he could designate somebody other than Rosenstein, too. The president has the power... To, to designate somebody else as acting attorney general. On no,
1: the no, he does not. There is a statutory succession uh, as a matter of law. So that's not correct. But that said, uh, I think you make a very, very interesting point. Thank you for your call. So those who say Sessions should have recused himself, I think they have to explain themselves. They really do. Based on what? He was involved in the campaign? No, that's that's absurd. President appoints people all the time, as have other presidents to high positions who've been involved in their campaign, have been donors, what have you. So that in and of itself isn't enough because he met the Russian ambassador a few times and says he never discussed the campaign with the Russian ambassador, surely that can't be the basis for recusal. So what was the basis for recusal? I think all these people on TV and radio, left, right, and otherwise, who say it was the right thing for Sessions. I've gone back and thought about this. I went back and specifically looked at this. So what is it that justifies Sessions recusing himself, other than he didn't like coming under attack by uh, by the sexual harasser, who uh, has since left the Senate, and by the media. And, of course, now he's not attacked by the media. And on what basis exactly did the Deputy Attorney General appoint a special counsel when there was no underlying crime, which is a requirement of such an appointment? Of course these questions need to be asked. Of course they're legitimate questions. It boggles the mind what was happening here, what took place here. The attorney the President of the United States has a right to have individuals in his cabinet that support his agenda. And supporting the president's agenda does not conflict does not conflict with their legal obligations. A friend of mine just tweeted out, you know, maybe uh, maybe Jeff Sessions knows more than these commentators on Fox and so forth, and maybe that's why they haven't charged Hillary Clinton. And I say to my friend, have you not been following this? Have you not been following this? The entire investigation of Hillary Clinton was obstructed by Comey, by Stroke, and so forth and so on. How would Jeff Sessions know more? How would he know more? On what basis would he know more? He's recused himself on Russia. He's recused himself on on, uh, interference in the election. Is he involved or was he involved in the Hillary Clinton investigation? No, it predates him. Well, maybe he was briefed. There's no indication of that whatsoever. I would say this to my dear friend. Maybe Sessions is wrong if you consider that. Maybe he doesn't know a whole lot. Because he doesn't want to know a whole lot. Or he wasn't there at the time. Who knows? Let's take another call. Let's go to Barrett, Pinehurst, North Carolina, on the great WEEB. How are you?
3: Great. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Here's my thesis. Mueller has nothing in terms of Russian collusion, so he needs something else. Something else is creating the illusion that there is inappropriate influence of the election by President Trump and his campaign. Why is he doing this? Because the media will carry the water on this for the next two months, and his objective is, ironically... To inappropriately influence the outcome of the campaign on the basis of a, a false allegation that he knows is a false allegation, but it will carry itself on. So, my, and my second comment before you respond to that, too, is how do you recommend that there be a communication strategy to get to the rank and file American people?
1: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, sir. I'm, I'm not a, a marketing expert. I'm I'm getting to the rank and file American people every day. Why do you think I'm taking my time day in and day out and walking through this? So is there some other plan out there that maybe you can come up with on it? I'm, that's not me. That's not my response, but I don't know how to do it. I can only go on Fox so many times a week. I can only do Levin TV so many times a week. I can only do this radio show so many times a week. I don't know what other plan they can develop for that. That's number one. Number two. Obviously, this is intended to affect the midterm election. You think the Democrat Manhattan attorney, uh, district attorney or the Democrat attorney general or the Democrats dressed up or the liberal Republicans dressed up as civil servants in the U.S. attorney's office, they're out to get Trump, they're out to influence the election, they're out to affect what already took place, the past election. That's the whole point. Thank you for your call, in my humble opinion. Abraham, New York City, the great W.A.B.C., go.
4: How you doing, Mark? Okay. All right, so I'm calling in. I was actually thinking for a while about why Michael Cohen would record his own client. I'm an attorney myself, and this made absolutely no sense to me. Um, I was having a few thoughts in my mind the other day, and I think it is relevant here because what Michael Cohen was charged with on top of paying off uh, Stormy Daniel was bank fraud charges. So, what I started thinking about was maybe Michael Cohen intentionally recorded Donald Trump, and we can all agree that that tape is completely de- de- decreptic and it actually means or says nothing intentionally recorded him in an attempt to in in an attempt to when eventually getting caught for bank fraud charges to use it in an attempt to extort president trump out of a pardon not saying that would work but well you
1: know what i agree with the first half because this is fascinating the first half that he taped them or taped trump and maybe other clients i don't think to extort a pardon i don't think that would work but i think hold on hold on but i think to wave in the face of prosecutors once they caught him not paying taxes and stealing money yeah you know, so I agree with you in part, but it is it, it it seems rational to me if you have that kind of an evil mind that you're taping clients, which is utterly unethical, you're taping them for a reason. Now he knew uh that he hadn't paid his taxes. He knew that he lied on his loan formed uh loan form, uh he knew that he owed millions and millions of dollars. And so he would have something to negotiate with the prosecutors. To that extent, the beginning, I agree with you. But I think you'll agree my second part of what you said is probably what he was doing.
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, my part was based on speculation, obviously, but I do agree that he was using it for some type of leverage, and I think it's even more evidence that Donald Trump did not have the criminal intent necessary to commit this crime because the tape was so decryptic that if Donald Trump really knew what was going on, and Michael Cohen was recording him, he would want to actually record the criminal part of it and not just some cryptic message of take care of this.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Counselor, pretty good. I appreciate it. Chris, New York City, also the great WABC. Quickly, go, sir.
5: Yeah, on the issue of how this immunity is being uh, reported, is it not the case that anyone who goes in the grand jury, a federal grand jury, or in New York State grand jury is automatically granted immunity. In other words, no. you can't be compelled to testify.
1: But you're not a, automatically granted immunity. That's not correct.
5: In New York State grand jury, you are unless you waive it.
1: Okay, well, I'm not familiar with the New York State grand jury. I'm familiar with federal grand juries. But Everybody it, who gets in front of a grand jury, no. Immunity is, is not uh, provided to, a, to an individual who, uh, uh, who testifies in front of a grand jury. as a matter of course
5: the person says.
1: That's why people I, I, plead the fifth. That's why people say no. That's why people try to negotiate conditions. That's why all that stuff goes on. Otherwise, people would happily testify in front of a federal grand jury.
5: Yes, but I'm, I'm just trying to make the point that the idea that someone is granted immunity, which sounds like, oh, maybe this person did something nefarious, is often just related to the fact that they're bargaining their way in front of a grand jury. It's not a... Well, okay, a,
1: a but indication. you've changed your position. I'm telling you that you do not get an automatic immunity for testifying in front of a federal grand jury. As a matter of fact, you can testify in front of a federal grand jury and what you say may well be used against you unless you get immunity. Okay. All right.
5: But the statute does allow the, them to give you to seek to give you immunity if they think you're likely to invoke the Fifth Amendment. Well, first
1: of all, it's not a statute. It's the Constitution. And they're happy to negotiate your rights away or to protect you or whatever. It depends what they're seeking to do. Again, I can't speak to New York and what their uh, grand jury requirements are, but it would seem very strange to me that uh, any state would grant people automatically immunity if they testify in front of grand juries. It just seems very weird to me. All right, my friend. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Two great guests on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern. And 7 p.m. Pacific, that's how that works. Candace Owens and Katie Pavlich. Now, why did I ask them to be guests? I consider them among a, uh, a growing number, but a relative handful right now, a real standout young conservatives. And I want to promote them. And I want to promote more and more young conservatives. There's a lot of smart ones out there. And these are two of the smartest, uh, as I watch uh, Fox from time to time and watch them. There are others, of course. And uh, from time to time, they will be on Life, Liberty, and Levin, too. Man, do we have a great lineup. I can't even tell you. In the weeks and months ahead, we have a lot of people who want to come on the program now. And I'll tell you why. This is the first time in a long time where you have a program that's called a long-form interview program, as we said in our press release back in November. When I was asked by Fox to do a show, yes, I was approached. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something late on Sunday, once a week. I picked the toughest hour, 10 p.m. Soon we'll be up against uh, football, Sunday night football. That's fine by me. You can DVR. You can watch us if they're busy taking knees over there. And I wanted it to be a consequential program that people want to watch because they're curious, they're interested, they're interested in the guests, they're interested in the subject matter, Uh, they're concerned about the country and survivability, people with new ideas, people with old ideas, people who are intellectuals and scholars, people who you've seen on TV. And so uh, it's a program that I'm hoping is of consequence, and it's becoming apparent that it is because our numbers are beyond what everybody expected, or anybody expected. And on most Sunday nights, not all, but most, we are the highest-rated program. We are always the highest-rated program in the time slot, and almost always the highest-rated program every Sunday night. That's because of you. It's not because of me. It's because of you. This Sunday, we have a blockbuster show with Candace Owens and Katie Pavlich. These are young ladies... You're going to be amazed at this. These are young ladies, and they hold nothing back. Nothing. And they are smart as hell. So I hope you'll check it out. And, of course, I will be the host. That's life, liberty, and that's the love in part. You know, when an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? If you answer, it's to run to the grocery store, you'll likely find chaos. Nothing but empty shelves. You see the hurricanes forming. Out in the Pacific and out in the Atlantic, these are a big deal. Now, how do you avoid this? It's simple. You use today, today, to make a plan before the emergency. In other words, you prepare. You can't rely on FEMA. You can't rely on local governments. It's up to you to feed yourselves, to have the water, to have what you need. One practical place to start is storing up food in your home. Now, I trust and I use my Patriot Supply for my food storage. You can too, so you'll be ready for earthquakes, hurricanes, long term power outages, and all the rest. Here's a great special that makes it simple. Each person in your household should have a two week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply. These kits are only $75 right now, and they contain 92 servings of breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. You need to take action. Here's what you do right now call 800. 800- two nine four twenty three twenty five eight hundred two nine four twenty three twenty five or go to my special website, preparewithmark.com. Preparewithmark.com. with Mark dot com. Say say the food is actually quite tasty. Uh, it lasts up to twenty five years in storage. Meals come packed in a rugged, slim tote too. That's only seventy five bucks. Rest tonight knowing you're prepared. Order your food kits at eight hundred two nine four twenty three twenty five or preparewithmark.com. One more time, 800 294 2325, or preparewithmark.com. Great, great product, great service. You probably haven't been thinking about it, but you really should. Take care of yourself and take care of your family. You know, ladies and gentlemen, keep something in mind as this seems to get bleaker and bleaker and bleaker. There are tens of millions of us who are frustrated angry about what's taking place in this country and we're not going to just walk away we are fighting for the heart and soul of this republic and we will fight no matter what i'll be right back Where's Amarosa? Does anybody know where Amarosa is? She must be boiling mad right now. I mean, all that taping and all that spewing and all that hate and all those lies. She's got a big book out there. Where is she? And uh, where is John Brennan? Remember his security clearance was yanked? And everybody was all a Twitter. Furious. What happened? All of a sudden the fury is gone. Oh, I see. Michael Cohen. I just saw an individual on our favorite cable channel during the break. They call them democratic strategists. I don't know what that means. What is a democratic strategist? A liar? A BS artist? But anyway, she said that Trump is a unindicted co-conspirator. That is outrageous. It's no such thing. Even the clown deputy U.S. attorney at the Southern District in New York didn't use the phrase unindicted co-conspirator. Maybe the Democrats who run the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, well, maybe the Democrats who run the Attorney General's Office in New York, well, he's not an unindicted co-conspirator. Don't you think these Democrats would love to imprison so many of us? The things they say, the things they say about us racists, white supremacists, xenophobes that we are less intelligent than they are. I mean, these these leftists are a vile bunch. They are a radical bunch of dangerous people, in my humble opinion, particularly their leaders. When you call out the media for being fake, which so much of it is, you're attacked as attacking freedom of the press when you're using free speech. And how so? Are any of these corporations in danger? Bezos buys the Washington Compost, and nobody can do anything about the Washington Compost. The New York Slimes, you've got a billionaire uh, in Mexico who owns like 20% of it. Nobody's going to be able to touch the New York Slimes. Comcast owns NBC, MSNBC. You can go on and on and on. Nobody's, nobody's threatening them. They're clowning themselves. They're undermining their own credibility. Now, Russia... The turning point, you see, for Michael Cohen in turning against the president was Helsinki. That's about as stupid a propaganda line as you can come up with. But that's the nature of the fixer, Lanny Davis, a real fixer. The president, they say, went soft on Russia. The president went soft on Russia. Here's something that happened that demonstrate that the president is tough on Russia. And while the Helsinki press conference got day in and day out reporting for what, a week? What the president did just now, will get almost no reporting. It's in Politico, but I haven't seen it on television. The Navy reestablishes Atlantic fleet to check Russia. Now that's the Politico headline and Politico's leftist. Isn't that incredible? Now, the move comes as Russian submarine activity surges in the Atlantic. The second fleet in Norfolk, Virginia, which was deactivated in 2011. Now, who was president in 2011? I believe that that would be Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. So Obama deactivated the U.S. fleet in the Atlantic. Trump has reestablished it. Trump is said to be soft on Russia. Obama was said to be tough on Russia. This is what I mean. These lies that we get in, day in, day out. The second fleet of Norfolk, Virginia, which was deactivated in 2011, will once again be assigned ships, aircraft, and marine landing forces for potential operations along the East Coast and in the North Atlantic, where melting Arctic ice has also heightened the competition for natural resources. We as a Navy, as a nation, have not had to confront such pure competitors since the Cold War ended nearly three decades ago. One of the Navy's top officers, Fleet Forces Command Chief Admiral Chris Grady, said during a ceremony in Norfolk aboard the aircraft carrier USS George H.W. Bush, our sea control and our power projection, two vital elements of our national security, are being challenged by resurgent foreign powers, namely Russia and China, he added. Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral John Richardson, who issued the order earlier this year to reestablish the second fleet, stressed that the Navy is not looking for a fight, but he said that realities demand that it maintain a large-scale ocean maneuver warfare unit in the Atlantic region. Now, does this sound like... Trump sold out to Vladimir Putin. I am so sick of this. Earlier this year, Richardson told reporters that Russian submarine activity in the Atlantic is more than we've seen in 25 years. The Second Fleet, according to the Navy, will exercise operational and administrative authorities over assigned ships, aircraft, and landing forces on the East Coast and the North Atlantic. It will also supply ships to other commands worldwide. Now, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump inherited a very weak uh, budget, appropriations for the military, and he immediately moved to significantly increase the spending. And it's going to have to be increased more to deal with these threats. Increased a lot more. But once again, another act by the President of the United States gives the lie to the idea that he's bought and paid for by the Russians. The Russians would kill, literally, if they could have Hillary Clinton as President of the United States as opposed to Donald Trump. They would love a Secretary of State like John Kerry as opposed to, opposed to Mike Pompeo. They would love a National Security Advisor like Susan Rice as opposed to John Bolton. This has been a lie from day one. From day one, this whole thing is a concoction a fabrication by the Democrats, by the media, by Hillary Clinton, because she lost. Trump has shown through actions no weakness toward the Russians. No weakness toward the Chinese. Listen, no weakness toward the Iranians. No weakness towards the North Koreans. He's pulled Pompeo back. He's not saying him back to North Korea for negotiations because Kim Jong-un, the inbred, is in fact a puppet of Xi, Qi, Xi, Ah, whatever the hell his name is, the communist leader in red China. And he's gone back on his word when it comes to nuclear arms. So now he's being attacked in the media. See, they didn't de- denuclearize. It wasn't like Trump said. Trump is a rational man. He sees what's taking place. He's adjusting his policy to deal with it. Unlike Obama, who was an ideologue, a left-wing ideologue, Who didn't adjust anything to deal with reality in the real world. He just kept pressing his agenda. Appeasement. Abandonment. That's what's taking place today. This is real news. And as the President of the United States is trying to deal with the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans, and the Iranians. As the President of the United States... Is trying to deal with the economy. As the president's trying to deal with the immigration, as the president is trying to deal with so many issues, because the presidency is a unique position, he's under attack. He's being stabbed in the back by these Lilliputians dressed up as prosecutors. I can't get one of these guys on my show, not one, because they operate in a bubble. They want to give their little press conference. They want to give their little leaks to their friendly reporters. And then off they go, pretending that they can't speak to me. I've never seen a Department of Justice that's so silent. Deputy Attorney General won't speak. Mr. Mueller can't talk. We're in an investigation. Oh, but you can leak. U.S. Attorney giving his little press conference, they won't talk to us. What a bunch of fools and frauds undermining this society. That is exactly what they're doing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. I want to repeat this for you. Uh, Because it's worth repeating, the media have largely killed it. Beto O'Rourke, a congressman who wants to be a senator. And keep something in mind, ladies and gentlemen, even though he's running in the Republic of Texas. Beto O'Rourke, if he becomes a senator, will be voting on matters that affect all of us. These are national legislators. I want you to think about what Beto O'Rourke Said he didn't know he was being taped because he's an idiot. Cut 12, go.
0: Peaceful, nonviolent protests, including taking a knee at a football game to point out that black men, unarmed, black teenagers, unarmed, and black children, unarmed, are being killed at a frightening level right now, including by members of law enforcement without accountability. And without justice. And this problem, as grave as it is, is not gonna fix itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so, nonviolently, peacefully, while the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem to ensure that we fix it. That is why they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights anytime, anywhere, any place.
1: You can't think of anything more American than that. What a clown. You can't think of anything more American than taking a knee in protest. I can think of many things more American. Supporting our troops, being respectful, saluting the flag, putting your hand over your heart during the national anthem. That's, to me, more American. Does everybody have to protest? Why is that so American? Well, there's reasons to protest from time to time. There's a question about that. But how about supporting the country? It's a great country, you know. I've used a phrase now for a long time, and it's now being picked up by others. And I came up with this phrase because of what people kept saying. America's not perfect. America's not perfect. America's not perfect. Well, nobody's perfect, and no institution is perfect. But I said, and I've said many, many times, America may be imperfect, but America's still great. America may be imperfect, but America's still great. And now I hear, I'm told, everybody's using this phrase. And that's good. Maybe I'll put in a fortune cookie so more and more people can see it. But it's an important point. Nothing is perfect. And if that's the test, the left always wins. Because they take that as an excuse to destroy what exists. And to attack our traditions, our customs, our principles, and our history. So it's important to have a rational response. Of course America is imperfect. People are imperfect. But America is great. You can be imperfect. Institutions can be imperfect. But they can still be great. I mean even look at sports. You can take the greatest sports teams. Of all time. They're imperfect. But they're great. You can take the greatest athletes of all time. They're imperfect, but they're great. I, as a husband, I'm imperfect, but I like to think I'm pretty good. My wife's imperfect, but she's great. You understand what I mean. And this way, you eviscerate the idiotic argument that if something's not perfect, it needs to be destroyed. And by the way, and for them, replaced with something that is both imperfect and not great. Centralization, autocracy, socialism, democratic socialism, soft Marxism, whatever the hell they call it. And are other plans and ploys and so forth and so on. I've also said many times, if you take socialism to its logical extreme, you have a totalitarian Marxism. If you take capitalism to its logical extreme, you have capitalism. Right? If you take redistribution of wealth to its logical extreme, you have tyranny. If you take property rights to its logical extreme, you have property rights. You don't see many societies that embrace, promote capitalism that are police states, do you? Or where the vast majority of people are starving, do you? Or where the vast majority of people are ignorant because they don't have an education, do you? No. The vast majority of societies that embrace capitalism, which are fewer and fewer, by the way, are the smartest, most successful most economically productive societies on the face of the earth. Not so the other way. So we got to learn how to confront the ideology of the left where they create these false scenarios. You want something for free? We can give it to you. We want equality of income? We can do that. You want this? You want that? All their ideas have been tried, pretty much, generally speaking. How many more experiments on humanity do we need? None. And when they fail, as I wrote in Ameritopia, they always say the same thing. We failed because we never spent enough money. We failed because of big companies. We failed because some people were too selfish. We failed because we didn't have enough uh, uh, people working. We fa- There's always... A reason other than the real reason, because the ideology is a failure, and the models that it spawns, they're failures too. That's the truth. So language is important, and being able to confront the propaganda of the left is very, very important. It's like with the media right now. The the reason I address it constantly on this program. They say they are defending a free press. They don't have to defend a free press. The free press is not endangered. They're mostly large corporations with hundreds of billions of dollars, at least tens of billions of dollars, that aren't threatened at all. And the fact that somebody who is an ideologue dressed up as a journalist pretends to be defending free press is offensive. They're defending their right to spew their partisan ideology. They're not defending the free press. They're not defending the First Amendment. They're defending their ideology and their agenda. And quite frankly, their salary. I'll be right back.
4: Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811.
1: Yes, that beautiful voice of mine. Summer's almost gone, but not the sunspots, brown spots, and UV damage to your face, neck, and shoulders. Introducing Genesel's brand new sunspot corrector and the 10-day only summer repair sale. Roseanne from Akron, Ohio says, in just days, I saw a lightning of dark spots on my cheeks. I'm uh, ordering more right now. And that's exactly what she did. And just like Roseanne, if you click or call right now, you'll get the Genesel sunspot corrector absolutely free just for trying Genesel for bags and puffiness today. Finally, see those stubborn sunspots vanish, even the ones you've had for years, by the way. And those bags and puffiness gone. And for results in less than 12 hours, the Genesel Immediate Effects is also free. You really need to go to Genesel.com or call them, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. While supplies last, Chamonix Microdermabrasion is also yours, free for the first time this year. Keep the great memories from the summer fun, not the wrinkles, inflammation, and sunspots. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. We have our friend Selena Zito back, who really does have the pulse of the people out there. She spent months traveling, meeting people, small towns, USA, places where most of the media dare not go. They don't even know they're on the map. (laughs) But she apparently is a victim. Selena Zito, how are you, my friend?
6: I'm swell. How are you?
1: I'm very, very well. So what happened to you?
6: So uh, my New York Post editor, uh, the day after the uh, court decisions were made for both Manafort and uh, Michael Cohen, uh, asked me to go out and ask some voters who supported Trump, uh, you know, what their thoughts were. Does this pull them away from him? And so I went out there and I talked to some voters. I picked up a variety of voters very similar to trying to recreate the archetypes that are in the great revolt, you know, people who would have both the strongest uh, passionate most, uh, support for him, but also, uh, you know, the weakest support, you know, the ones that were, uh, all, you know, on the fence. And and I, I, you know, asked them, I wrote up the story, uh, it was a pretty pedestrian story, this is how they feel, this is why they feel that way, and they really have nowhere to go. Um, And and posted the story, it went up, and uh, there are hundreds of stories about uh, uh, what Manafort and Cohen means, but mine was probably the one of very few that said, hey, the people that actually put him into office, they ain't going anywhere, Mm -hmm. and you need to understand and or listen to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I went to bed, posted the story in the morning um, on Facebook. And I got a couple texts from people saying, hey, um, Facebook took your story down. And I actually thought they were messing with me. So I kind of ignored them. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I opened up my Facebook page, and there were hundreds of DMs from people saying, hey, we posted your story, and Facebook took it down, giving a variety of reasons of why they took it down, from it being spam to it not meeting community standards. I looked at my own post. Yes, and community standards, which is really creepy. I don't know why I found this creepy, but community standards. Now that, is, that
1: means liberal standards. We know what they really mean. Yeah.
6: Right, it, but but it's also capitalized. Well, it was really weird. Um, so at least to me. So mm-hmm. I went on my own page, my personal page. It's gone. They didn't even give me a reason. It was just gone. So uh, I, I I went on to uh, Twitter, and I asked them very politely, publicly, hey, can someone please direct me to um, make me understand why this was taken down? No answer. So I noticed that on Twitter their direct message option is open. So I sent them a direct message essentially saying the same thing. No answer. So then I went to Facebook's own page, and let me tell you, if you are a – just regular person who isn't very savvy with the internet, <laughs> um, it's very difficult to find out how you ask the question. So I found three different options. And when you ask, it's not, it's when you make a request to Facebook, it's not an email interaction. You, you type in your question and, and you hit
1: well, send. Let me, let, well, let me ask you a question. Did they put it back up?
6: They eventually put it back up.
1: But you had to jump up and down. You had to make a public spectacle of them. You had to go through their laborious process. And there was no justification for them removing it in the first place.
6: But there's also, what's really creepy is, is not only that they took it down, but they put, put it back up with no interface with me. Well, what was the reason? There's no transparency. Was it an, a, an algorithm? Did a human do it? Did a robot do it? Did do you it think
1: you'll ever get an answer?
6: No, what well, I got I, they 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 sent me a, a text this morning, or not a text, um, a tweet this morning, and said it was a bug. <coughs> that's all they said. That's It, all it was a what? A bug.
1: A bug? Now oh, you know that's a okay. lie. It wasn't a bug.
6: Well, no kidding. sure. Yes. There's absolutely no, you know, there's no interaction. I, it's sort of like a cross between interacting with The Wizard of Oz and Hal from 2001.
1: It, it's very, it's very freaky. Now, by the way, I have an audience that actually likes to read. What's the name of your book again, and where can people get it?
6: It's The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping Amer- American Politics. It, I, w- I want
1: you to write another book called The Great Revolting and do it on the left. Will you please?
6: Well, the thing is about in the Great Revolt, we actually talk about Big Tech and how, meaning Twitter and Facebook, and how it works against um, independents and conservative and and Republican users. And that the impact isn't just going to be in the ballot box. It's also going to be against them. And that's what's sort of important about what's next with this coalition. And that's why the book's important.
1: All right, my friend. You have a wonderful weekend. We always enjoy having you.
6: Thanks so much for having me. You have a great weekend.
1: All right. God bless. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? Well, I I want to focus on this. A man claims that a prominent homosexual couple whose wedding was officiated by Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg drugged and raped him. Speaking with the New York Daily News... Samuel Schultz, an opera singer, claims that while he was a graduate student at Rice University, these are allegations, he met opera uh, uh, singer uh, David Daniels and conductor Scott Walters at a closing night party for Houston Grand Opera's run of whatever. He reports that after going back to their apartment for drinks, he blacked out and woke up the next afternoon in a bed alone, completely naked. I was sore and I didn't know why, he says. Made my way to the bathroom... To figure out why I heard I was bleeding. It. Okay. Anyway, he's making an allegation. That the couple married by Justice Ginsburg. He's accusing them of drugging him. And raping. Now this is in the newspaper. I don't make this stuff up. So here's the question. If Brett Kavanaugh can't be confirmed. Because of allegations against President Trump. The question for Schumer. Then can Ruth Bader Ginsburg be impeached because of the allegations against these two men? Let me repeat it for these slow listening leftists out there. If Kavanaugh cannot be confirmed, just follow Schumer's logic, because of allegations, just allegations against the president. Can Ruth Bader Ginsburg be impeached because of the allegations against these men? Which I don't know if are true or not. They're just allegations. That's the point, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Let's take a call. What will come of John Huber's investigation? Don, Boca Raton, Florida, that's your question?
4: Uh, it is, Mark. I'm wondering if that's a wild card. Uh,
1: I I believe he could convene a grand jury. Now, this is the U.S. attorney in Utah. Sessions has appointed him to take a look at what?
3: Uh, to
1: take do, we, a look do, at- do we even really know?
3: Well, from, what the, from the reports I've seen, it's the corruption in the up,
1: upper levels of the FBI and the Clinton server situation, mm-hmm. and I also, I also believe uh, the leaks from the Obama administration. Well, how come we don't hear a damn thing from this guy? Like, I don't mean leaks. I mean, uh, where are you? Are you working on a report? When will that be ready? Are you going to wait till after the Trump administration? What's going on? I don't know, but I'm just thinking there's a possibility it could be a wild card and maybe Jeff Sessions is not as stupid as he seems. The issue for Sessions, to me, is whether or not he should have recused himself apart, but maybe Huber will turn out to be, you know, uh, the most brilliant lawyer that's ever walked the face of the planet. That, to me, is beside the point. My question is on the recusal. Was the recusal based on the fact that you worked on the Trump campaign? Because that would be absurd. You can't allow the left to do that. Or the fact that you met the Russian ambassador a few times and you never had a discussion that that uh, that affected the campaign or was about the campaign. You shouldn't recuse yourself. You ought to defend the fact that you're the attorney general and you're not going to allow people push in that direction. I if he recused understand. himself for some, on some other basis, I'd like to know what it is, because that's what I found. hmm all right, my friend. And that's a very good point. Let's hope Huber is uh, Huber's in there, fighting away. We'll be right back. Mark
2: Lovin'
1: This is the last week, last week the sign up, which means this is the last day as I understand it, to sign up for a free offer from Hillsdale College. Now, seriously, let's listen to this. Now, I've been talking about the monthly digest of conservative thought from Hillsdale College for a long time now. Well, the current free offer ends today. Please visit LevinForHillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N, for hillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com to start receiving your monthly subscription. Now, my life's work is to help preserve freedom. It's the same with Hillsdale College. Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. They teach their stellar students to defend freedom, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. 3.8 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lovers, should be reading it, too. Subscribe for free while you still can Today is the deadline. Go to Levin for Hillsdale dot com. Levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Primus to you at no cost. This is the last day. Start reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. And you'll read... Tremendously inspiring speeches by the guests that they bring on campus. And that's how I first lived uh, learned of Imprimus even before they became a sponsor on this program, that is Hillsdale. So today is the day. Get your free monthly copy. You can get it for family members, friends, and yourself. I strongly encourage you to do it. Today is the last day to get it for free. Go to com one last time. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great W-A-B-C. Quickly, go
3: job, Marx. The Democrat Party, the educators, and the media have long been Marxist or marxist influence for decades. Now they pretend to warn of the Russia threat. But it was these people who got rid of General Flynn who was warning about Russia. It's these people who are trying to destroy Trump, and Trump is trying to counter China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. So the people pretending to be patriots now, warning of Russia, they're using a dossier made by Russian intelligence... And they're using it to attack people who are warning and trying to defend us from about Russia, China, Iran, North Korea. Sounds to me like a conspiracy.
1: Let me ask you a question. If they were to impeach and remove the president of the United States, wouldn't Russia be thrilled?
3: Russia would, North Korea, Iran, China? all the countries. Yes. I mean, the communists now have the ability to make riots, race riots and others, in every city in this country. Uh, God forbid, in time of war, they would be able to have power blackouts here. Major, major chaos, economic trouble. We are really in big trouble. Uh, Trump came in almost like the, the guy on the white horse. The communists actually thought they would have had victory this year, May 5th, which was Karl Marx's 200th birthday, or the previous year, the 100th anniversary of the Soviet Revolution. In fact, they celebrated those two holidays in their communist religion. All right, my friend.
1: But you're telling me, Jimmy, the liberals, the media, the Democrats, the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans, the Iranians, the Cubans... They would be thrilled if Donald Trump was removed from office. Not so with the rest of us. Officially over the weekend begins right now. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Please be there. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE, and the Border Patrol. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffy. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey, and good night, Zelda. And may I say, God bless our Aunt Adele. See you on Sunday, folks. God bless.